0: If he's been good to you, welcome, welcome, welcome. I just want to say welcome to Generation Church. Generation Church, can we welcome all of our visitors here today? I know we have a lot of visitors with us. And, uh, we want to say welcome. Fill out a connect card in the seat back in front of you so that we can just connect with you. All right. We are continuing our series today on, uh, called Seasons. Called Seasons. And, uh, and last week we we looked at uh, the dry season that we go through that, that many times we find ourselves in or that desert season and how we navigate that. And uh, why are we talking about this? and I'm, We're talking about this uh, because as Christians we need to understand this different seasons God takes us through. Because there's a purpose that God has in every season and many times that, that purpose is different depending on the season God is leading us through. And why we need to navigate that and have wisdom is because what many, many Christians fail to do is realize the God purpose in the midst of the season that they're facing. And so what happens is, is unbelief and, and we begin to, to complain and we begin to wander and, and, and what happens is we get stuck in a season. And I said this last week, what, what was a six-day journey for the children of Israel to walk through the desert into the promised land took 40 years because of complaining and unbelief. So we need to trade complaining and unbelief with faith. With faith and trust that God is leading us through with a purpose. Are you with me today? And so that's what we're going to talk about. We are. I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 20. 1 Kings chapter 20 and i want to explain how god works in different seasons and that he's the god of every season that we face we're going to look in verse number 23 of chapter 20 first kings it says this and the servants of the king of syria said to him their gods are gods of the hills and so they were stronger than we But let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than them. What happened was, is the Syrians were going up to fight the children of Israel, and the children of Israel were up on the mountain, and so they were defeating them. And so what they said was, yeah, they're strong because their God is a God of the mountain, but let's pull them down into the valley and expose them, and we will defeat them. You need to hear that the the enemy's strategy for you is to pull you out into the valley where you're exposed. And if you don't know that you have a good shepherd that's there to lead you, you will be defeated. But we have a good shepherd, church, amen? And so here's what happened. Look at verse 28. It says this, I love this. And a man of God came near and said to the king of Israel, thus says the Lord, if you listen to Joy of Him, you probably heard a little song that has this in it. Because the Syrians have said, the Lord is a God of the hills, But he is not a God of the valleys. Therefore, I will give all this great multitude into your hand. What is he saying right there? God is is a God of whatever season you're in. He's with you on the mountaintop. He's with you in the valley. And and, and he's with you no matter where where you are. I love John chapter 10 because uh, he gives seven... I am statements Jesus and, and 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 basically the book of John he 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 says I am and then he he lists different things like he says I am the light of the world I am the bread of life I am the vine I am the resurrection and the life In John ten eleven, he says I am the good shepherd well, what is he saying to us hear me church What, what God was trying to do in the Old Testament and ultimately Jesus in the New Testament is to say to you, I am, I am whatever you need me to be in the season you're in. Here's what he says. If you're thirsty, I'm living water. If you're hungry, I'm the bread of life. If you're in a storm, I am the peace and the calmer of the storm. Jesus is saying, whatever you need, I can be that. Whatever you find yourself, what Jesus has accomplished for you and what he has accomplished for me 2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross was enough, come on, to see you through whatever you may be facing today. That's good news. We're talking about the valley season today. The valley season, it's different each season has a purpose and each each season has its own pressures i remember early on and when i got saved at 21 years old and come out of a heavy you know drug and party lifestyle and and uh, really just living for myself. It was very prideful. And I remember, you know, really growing up and, and in my teenage years, never crying much. I just was, I had a hard heart. And, um, and I got saved radically from all of that in and, and a moment. And I got sent to New Orleans, Louisiana, which is where I met my wife. And, and, uh, and her mom is with her today. And so we just want to honor you as well. Just wave at us, Hannah. She's with us from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, I just remember those early days of... You know, uh, being 21 years old and, and joining, you know, kind of just being stationed in this place where I'm the new kid on the block, just got radically saved. in New Orleans, come on now, that's party central. And, um, and so one of the, the, the things that really marked my life early on was the fact that I remember going to this and, and trying to fit in. But everybody there wanted me to go party with them. Man, it's Bourbon Street. If you've never been to New Orleans, man, it's just like what stays in New Orleans you know what you what what happens in new orleans stays in new orleans and and um and it's just uh, it, there's a lot of darkness there and so here i am just just full of light just get saved and trying to figure this thing out and uh, i go to a place where everybody's trying to pull me back into that anybody been there before god does a move of, uh, he does a work inside of you and then the enemy comes to try to pull you back into to where you were and lie to you and tell you oh you had it better back then don't believe the lie by the way. But I remember um, specifically, I had a little studio apartment, very small. And um, I remember the guys would be like, hey, you need to come out with us. And I knew where they were going. I said, no, I'm good. I got plans. And they'd be like, well, what kind of plans you got? Well, I'm like, I, I don't know, but I got plans. <laughs> but like, where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm gonna figure that out. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm busy tonight. And what busy meant was I'm gonna be in my studio apartment by myself. Maybe go get some ice cream or something, but I'm just trying to navigate this, and I remember being frustrated, and I remember one time specifically uh, being in, in my apartment and in my first my living room, and I'm like, that oh, was a studio apartment. My living room is also my kitchen, and it's also my bedroom, so I was just there, right? I mean, just kind of in the spot where I could be all three places at once, but I, I, just, I just remember Crying out to God, and I was honestly angry because I just transitioned my life and said, God, you can have everything, all of who I am. If I can go all out for the world, I'm going all out for you. But listen, that sounds good in church. But when you face reality and all of a sudden opposition comes and things begin to change and friends walk away from you, it's a whole different ballgame. And I found myself saying, God, where are you? I, I don't understand what, what's happening right now. And, and I feel abandoned and I don't feel welcomed at my job. And I, I, I just don't feel like I really fit in everywhere. And all of my old friends had turned their back on me and said, oh, You think you're better than me now? I said, No, I love you. I'm just changed. And they didn't understand it. And so I remember being in this place of just feeling, feeling alone and wondering where God was. And one night specifically, I was complaining to God, and I was saying, God, I feel like you've left me. I've given up so much for you, and what are you doing for me? And I don't, you know, encourage you to talk to God like that, but sometimes I do, and just forgive me, okay? And I I had a moment of frustration with God, and and the presence of the Lord came on me in that moment. And I told you earlier, I was was very tough, you know, not just tough. I just had a hard heart. And I, I, I and so because of that, I don't remember crying. And all of a sudden this moment in my studio apartment, I began to cry like a baby. So much so that my floor had a, it had a wet spot from tears. And I just began to weep. And God in that moment was showing up as the good shepherd. And what he was doing is he was leading and molding me and guiding me. And I'm telling you, I got up from that place changed. I got up from that place with a, with a dependency on the pre- presence of the Lord so much so that I remember saying to to myself and to the Lord I said you know Lord if I never have another friend in this life if I have you I have enough if I if I never have another thing but I have you with me then I have enough and see in that valley moment God was teaching me something he was building intimacy he was strengthening me he was building a dependence for his presence and we all need that church and many times we need to be led through the valley In order for that to be worked inside of us, I love the fact that John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, over and over. We see in the Bible references of the shepherd. And what does a shepherd do? He leads his sheep out. Listen, if they stay in the pen, uh, listen, if, if, if the sheep pen was made of stones and, and it was like a square and, and at the front of the pen there was an opening and the shepherd would literally sleep in the opening just to keep the sheep safe and they, were, and they were with their buddies and they were safe and secure in the pen. But the shepherd knew if I leave them in the safety and in the comfort of the pen, they'll eventually die. Because abundance is out there. Abundance is having to walk through resistance. You hear me today? You can't get to abundance without walking through the valley of resistance. And so the good shepherd knows that he has to lead the sheep out. And so he goes first. And he goes out and he checks out the area. And then he calls to the sheep. And they, and they listen, and they, they begin to, to learn, and they walk out into the open where they're exposed, and he calls them, and he goes a little farther along, and he goes up here, and he calls them this way, and he calls, and it's in this place that they begin to learn his voice. They don't learn the voice in the pen. They don't really need it. They're safe and secure, kind of like you are in this pen right here, and it's safe, and it's secure, and you feel God. But if the only time you're hearing his voice is here, you're missing it. And when you do get let out into the valley of the shadow of death, you're, you're not going to be able to distinguish his voice from another. And So what we need to do to, today is navigate through this and realize that the good shepherd, he's leading us out. He's leading us out into abundance. We're going to look at Psalm 23. I want you to turn there with me. I love Psalm 23. I love the life of David. Uh, he's one of probably my, my favorite person to study. In the Bible, I just relate to him. I love his heart for worship. I love the reality of his failures and yet his willingness to never stop moving forward. I love the fact that a young shepherd boy can defeat a giant. That tells me that it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter where I was raised or how much money is in my bank account. I, under the strength and the power of God, can do anything he calls me to do. So I love the life of David. I love to study um, him. And and, and if you've been in church very long, you've heard somebody mention Psalm 23. But how many of you know it's okay to read a chapter more than once? (laughs) It's okay to read a familiar verse again. Because no matter how many times you read it, God can speak something fresh to you. You can read the same verse every day of your life and get something totally new. Because our God is, it has an abundance. Listen, his character and who he is and his greatness never ceases. We're constantly being, we see different elements of who God is. And he's trying to reveal this side. And he can use the same verse to do it. So Psalm 23, it says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, waters of rest. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, and and you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, in these next few moments, I just want the good shepherd to come and speak. I heard you tell me this week that there's people in the valley, there's people who are navigating through difficult seasons, seasons of sitting at a table in the presence of their enemies. So God, show up and speak and give faith into the room, give deposits of faith that we can trust and fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. I got four truths for you today um uh for us today as we navigate through the valley season and because here hear me uh you will either wander in the valley or be led through the valley you're either going to wander in the valley or be led through the valley. How many of you want to be led through the valley? We want to be led through. We want to get what God wants for us. And, uh, and so if we are trusting the good shepherd and allowing him to lead us, uh, I, I believe that there's four truths that we can learn from Psalm 23. And the first one is this. Where you are is preparing you for where you're going. I want you to look at verse 4. It says, even though I walk through even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i want you to just just say to yourself and maybe turn and tell somebody else to say i'm just passing through i'm just no I, i'm just passing through some of you, you you find yourself right now in difficult situations and And the problem is, is that in the valley season, we're tempted to buy the lie of the enemy, which says to you and he says to me and and, and all the counseling that I do, you teenagers and young, it doesn't matter. The enemy comes alongside of you in your failure and says to you, this is just who you are. He comes alongside of you and he says, yeah, you're in this mess right now and it's going to always be this way. And you begin to feel stuck and then you begin to complain and then unbelief sets in and you get your eyes off of Jesus and onto your problems and wandering in the valley sets in. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that there's many people here today who've just been wandering for years in the valley and the good shepherd wants to lead you today he wants to lead you into abundance he wants to lead you into very the very things that he's called you into but he can't do that if you're not listening to the shepherd and following his voice so where you are is preparing you for where you're going i told our leaders this week i said listen with all that God is doing, with our 21 days of prayer and fasting and all the things and, and, and just this, this move of God that we really believe that, that is happening here. I said, what I, I felt like the Lord said to me from Psalms chapter one is that consistency is better than intensity. And what I mean by that is many times we're, we, we want to we find the intense, we want to we go where you know, we want this moment with God, or, or we want to feel the goosebumps, and we feel like if I, if I get Holy Ghost goosebumps with this song that was sung, then somehow then, then I'm going to be okay. But what I'm here to tell you today, and don't get mad at me just yet, okay? You can get goosebumps in, in, in a secular concert. Uh-oh. You can get you can get goosebumps anywhere. And what happens is many Christians are led by that. And we say, Well, man, I really feel God right now. So He He, he must be here and He must be working in my life. And then when, when we don't feel Him, it, it confuses us. We, we can't be led by goosebumps we can't be led by feelings we have to be led by the truth of the word of god which says jesus paid the price for you he's enough faith in what he's already accomplished he's already said and given you some things consistency over intensity it's like in the gym that's why i like i love because you know in in january the gym is the most crowded isn't it it's real crowded there's some intensity in there too Oh, boy, you've seen some people trying to work off the, the holidays. Just just intense. Just, 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 just getting on the treadmill and just feeling like, if I can just get one session, but if I can just go until I drop, maybe I'll lose 50 pounds. How many of you know they wake up the same, same weight? And Have you seen it before? They walk into the gym and they get on the scale, and then they go and they get on the treadmill, and they just run. They just, just burn it for 30, 40 minutes, and they're like, oh, I can't wait to get on that scale again. Well, like 20 minutes later, you think you just dropped 25 pounds? <laughs> Consistency over intensity. Yeah, yeah. I tell our gym people who like to use the phrase gain. Oh, it's all about them gains. Listen, your gain is in your again. In other words, if, you're, if you quit in January, you're going to stay the same. It's only the ones who can just say, I'm just going to try. I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep serving. I know things have shifted in my life. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to hold on to faith. I'm going to hold on to Jesus. I'm not sure what's happening right now. I'm not really sure what to do. And I always tell people this. You just do the last thing that God told you to do. And you just keep doing that until he says something else. And if you can't remember what he said, he said a lot of things right here. Just open your book and just read a few. We keep on moving. Some of you need to hear that in the valley right now. Just keep keep moving forward. Keep trusting God. Keep believing that he's enough for you. Oh, but I don't feel like he is right now. Thank goodness. The reality of God does not depend on how we feel. Because it would constantly be changing. Constantly. Let me just say this before we move on. You will never move forward unless you move. Unless you move. Unless you pick yourself up out of that wandering in the valley, and fix your eyes back on Jesus and just start trusting. Oh, you may not feel him. It doesn't matter. Some of you need to learn how to worship him no matter how you feel, no matter if you like the song. Some of you are like, what about this song? Why they, didn't they just sing that one last week? I don't think I can worship to that one right now. I don't know about this or I don't know about that. How about you just worship Jesus because he's good, not based on how you feel. He's just worthy. Can I move on? All right. Well, I didn't grow up in this kind of church, and they're extending worship on like that. Well, that's okay. Maybe God has something for you. All right, I got I to gotta move on from that. <laughs> where you are is preparing you for where you're going. Come on, don't miss it. Before I can, Don't miss what God has for you right now. It's preparing you for your next season. All right, the next thing is this. You will face evil, but you will not fear evil. Look at verse four. I love this. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Fear no evil. I love this. You're always gonna face resistance when you start moving towards your calling. When you start moving towards Jesus, you're always gonna face resistance, but you don't have to fear evil, but you will face it. I remember recently, I, was, I took my family to Disney World, which they say is the happiest place on earth. I think it's pretty close, other than, than, than maybe this morning was pretty special, but, but I'll tell you what, Disney World's got it. They, they, they know what they're doing. I mean, from the smells, I mean, they just pipe in like waffle smells. Just, I, for some reason, I just want to buy a waffle. I don't even know what's happening right now. Let's look for a waffle. Oh, there just happens to be one right there. Come on now. They know what they're doing. And, and I, I, my four-year-old daughter, uh, Riley, it, it, I just felt like it's time for her to, to, to ride a roller coaster. And so uh, we went on the Slinky roller coaster, and I, I took pictures. I was ready because I was like, don't judge me, right? Because she barely, she, you know how they put the little, the little stake out, and like they've, they've got to fit underneath it if they can go on? She was like, like she had a hair sticking up, and it barely hit it. She's like, all right, you can go. So I remember I was holding her, and uh, we were about to get onto the roller coaster, and I took a picture with her she was smiling and she was just so excited but then we got on and that thing started moving and i kept my phone out i kept my phone out like we want to see because this is a real roller coaster we start going and it it accelerates and her smile was like And then, and then it kind of was going like this. And then when we went down, we went down on that drop. She grabbed my arm like this and and, and she kind of kept trying to smile, but it was like this and tears were welling up in her eyes. It was as if she was smiling, but crying or she's like, I don't know what to do right now, but she just looked at me. I started tearing up and then she looked back at what was happening. And all of a sudden she just began to start to calm down and smile. It was as if one look at who was sitting next to her, one look at who was sitting next to her, and it gave her strength. And even though she was facing evil, she was facing fear. She was facing sudden death. Listen, to a four-year-old, that's pretty crazy. She gripped me, she looked at me, and then she said, let's do this. And she was good the rest of the time. Isn't that a picture of our Christian lives with Jesus? Isn't that a picture of many times you face seasons and you get scared and you face evil and you're tempted to allow fear to come in and the enemy wants you to focus on all the things around you and the whole time the good shepherd is right there. If you could just glance at who's with you, glance over and catch eyes with the author and finisher of your faith, Jesus the risen savior and say you are enough and if you are here with me oh I might face evil but I will not fear it I will not fear it Jesus faced it Paul faced it David faced it you and I will as well the third thing is this we gain dependence on his presence look at verse 4 says even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil I will fear no evil, for you are with me, for you are with me, in the valley season, we gain a dependence on his, on his presence, recently, is Caleb in the room, no, I'm just gonna pick on him for a minute, but recently, we felt like it was, we felt okay to leave him at home, and we were gonna go to the store, and you know, he's, he's the big brother now, and And uh, we've got neighbors who were home and like if he needed something, he could go out there. So don't judge me. I see you looking at me like, how could you leave him? He's only a let. Listen, he's fine. But he had connection with us because through his iPad, he could he could communicate. And as long as he had connection with us, he 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 was okay. He could be alone he could he could deal with whatever it was whatever whatever feeling or whatever fear may have tried to creep in if there was a connection with his with his mom and dad and he could hey hey are you guys there Is, uh, yes we're here connection he was good but if something were to happen to his ipad and And he couldn't get through to us or we didn't catch it. Fear would creep in. Why? Because because he would lose connection. And I I feel, before I move on, I feel like I have to to talk to you. God is is using the season that some of you are in to, to, to strengthen your dependence on staying connected with him. That if you could know, no matter what it is I face, if I'm connected to the presence of God, if my faith is locked in laser sight, I am safe. I am secure. And we just have to know that this is part of what God is trying to build in us through this season. If you can go through life and have seasons where, where fellowship and the presence of the Lord is, is void, God needs to do a work in your heart. God needs to do a work in your heart. I, I told the Lord years ago, I said, Lord, I give you permission. I'm going to tell everybody to pray this prayer. But I said, Lord, if I go a day, one day in my life without depending at some point on your presence, I give you permission to mess up my life until I get back on track. That's a tough prayer to pray. But he's been faithful to that. And there'll be times where I'll just be busy and I'll just be getting doing my own thing thinking like I got this and you know like we think like, like, like we, we'll, we'll call God like when we need Him. And God will use some pressure on me as a reminder. I've not called you to live without my presence. There's a dependence that we learn in the valley of the presence of the Lord. I was Driving Caleb to school the other day, and he was, this was just a personal dad moment I want to share, and then we're going to land this plane, but I was driving Caleb to school, and we were talking about a kid at his, in his class, and, or at his school, and he said, Daddy, I'm praying for this this kid, and I said, what's going on? He said, I, I think he, he knows about Jesus, but he doesn't know Jesus, and as a dad, I was like, Phew. He's like, Dad, I'm praying that he, he just knows the Lord, not just about him. So we hear about him at school, and he's like, but I'm praying that he would really get to know the Lord. And I'm just telling you inside, I was like, yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good moment. I'm like, yeah, you keep, keep praying that. It's good. I was just proud on the inside. We need, to, we need to move beyond knowing about God, and many of you grew up in church you can quote you can quote psalm 23 back backwards and forwards and in greek and in hebrew but you don't know the shepherd and we need to know the shepherd the still small voice of the one who's calling out to us and leading us into intimacy amen lastly stay focused on what's fixed i want you to look at verse five you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my friends. You, pre- you prepare a table before me in, in, in the presence of the people who really like me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of, of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. The historical background on this verse is that if you were traveling somewhere and it was going to take you multiple days to get there, it, when it gets dark, you would find the closest house and you would just go knock on the door and say, hey, we're just traveling from here to there. Can we stay? Can we get a bite to eat? And they would let you in. And they would, you would sit down at the table and they would put a meal in front of you and they would put a, they would put a cup of water there. And if they filled the water up halfway, without them having to say that, what they were actually saying was, enjoy the meal, and then you got to go. But if they, if they filled your cup with water to the top and then, and then overflowed it, what that said, without having to say it is, you can stay as long as you want. You can eat whatever you want. And this is what this verse is saying, that God has overflowed our cup. It didn't fill up halfway. He didn't fill it up halfway and say, you're on your own. He overflowed it and he said, you can stay as long as you want. I'm with you. And yes, I've prepared a table. And yes, sitting at your table is fear, is past shame, is that addiction that you're still dealing with. And while you're busy rebuking those and fighting and you're busy just trying to, why is he here? Who invited him? And who invited this person? I mean, this is the thing I've been struggling with for years. Who invited you to the table? You better be careful because God might be like, oh, I did. Yeah, 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 I, I, I allowed him to sit here. And you're in the presence of fear and worry and hangups and sin. And while you're focused on them, which are, by the way, ever-changing... What God is trying to say is if you'll look across the table, who's staring at you is what's fixed and what's immovable. His name is Jesus. He doesn't change. He's there. He's the good shepherd. So get your eyes off of your fears and your anxieties and your worries and your hangups and put your eyes on Jesus. On, and here's what happens. And then you say, but, but, but why did he invite these knuckleheads to the table? Here's why they got invited to your table. Because what he can do with your failures and your hang-ups when you begin to put your faith in Jesus exclusively is he uses those things to serve you. All of a sudden, fear gets up from the table and begins to pour you some more water and serve you. And and all of a sudden, the things that you thought would destroy you are serving your calling. Are you with me today? And now we're not focused on fear. We're not focused on this, man, this sin that I just can't get past. I keep... Like Paul, Romans 7, the things I'm I'm wanting to do, I'm not doing the things I keep doing, I don't want to do. Here's, here's where I want to finish today. In the valley season, there are you are in the presence of your enemy, and we are tempted to be striving, striving. And you're 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 working the table, and you're like, I didn't invite you. What are you doing here? God, God, can't you see that? I don't want him at the table, and you're striving and you're moving. And I felt from the Holy Spirit to tell you to stop striving. Stop striving. Because Hebrews chapter 10 says that in the Old Covenant, there was constant sacrifices that needed to be made. And it was a constant reminder of sin. But when Jesus was sacrificed, once and for all, the Bible says that He sat down. He sat down. He's not worried. He's not striving. And so you and I need not strive either many of you are asking God to give you things that he's already given you oh God if you just bless me already have oh God if you just give me grace already have his name is Jesus oh Lord I I just wish I, I can't believe this I yeah the Holy Spirit's there if you just put your faith in me I'm here and, and we begin to be frustrated and, and we're asking God, would you do this? Would you do that? And he's like, it's done. 2,000 years ago. It is finished. It is finished. He sat down. You sit at the table in the presence of your enemy and keep your gaze fixed on Jesus. And until you see him worried, you have no right to worry. Until you see him stressed, you have no right to stress. And you're looking at his face in every season. The dry season, the valley season, the mountaintop season. It doesn't change. Your fix, your focus is on what's fixed. His name is Jesus, and he's enough for us. Amen, church? Stop striving for things that God has already given you. Yeah, but my shame is there. Yeah, but my addiction is there. Yeah, but your God is there. You have a good shepherd who's leading you through even in the presence of your enemies even in resistance and even when people talk bad about you and even when you face situations where where you're not the unknown this is the valley the 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 season of the unknown and you're like i don't know what to do i'm not sure how this is going to play out i just lost my job or or this this illness and i'm i'm in a season of the unknown i'm not sure what's going to happen and i'm i'm fearing God says, place your faith in the good shepherd and I'll lead you through this. And all those things that have been, that have been pushing you down will begin to serve you because God comes along and he, he looks at fear, he looks at addiction and he strips it of its destructive power and then he actually uses it. He pours out grace upon you and then he uses your failures to serve you. In your weakness, you will be strong. His power is displayed through your weakness and your dependence on the shepherd's voice. Would you pray with me today? Father, we thank you for who you are. I Thank you for every person in this room and what you're pulling them through. Talk to many people this week who are going through difficult seasons, difficult situations, trials, sitting at the table full of enemies, season of unknown and the word for the house today is that there is a good shepherd you said in john ten eleven, i am the good shepherd and he laid down his life for the sheep he's leading us through today would you trust him here's what i want everybody in this room to do i just want you to begin to ask say lord what are you saying to me today don't make this about your neighbor your son your wife the person you wish was here here in this word make it about you say God what are you saying to me what are you speaking to me in this moment and then in just a moment we're just going to have a few minutes of response and if God is leading you I want you to come if you need prayer we have people up here at this altar who would love to pray with you who would love to believe God with you maybe you just need to come down here at the altar and have some business with the Lord But before we go, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I would hate to end this service knowing that there would even be one under the sound of my voice who needs to give their life to Jesus. Oh, maybe you grew up in church and you knew about the shepherd, but today the shepherd is knocking on your door and he's saying, I'm here, would you let me in?